Welcome to The Randy Report. I'm Randy Slavacek, your host. I'm also the writer and editor of TheRandyReport.com, where you can find me every single day on the internet reporting on the daily news cycle in terms of politics, pop culture, and entertainment news of interest to the LGBTQ community. In this week's headlines, Virginia could elect the country's first out transgender legislator come this fall. Military chiefs for the U.S. Armed Forces have asked for a six-month delay in accepting transgender recruits. And RuPaul will soon sashay to his own star on the Hollywood Walk of Fame. All that and more on this episode of The Randy Report. Danica Rome has won the Democratic primary for the Virginia House of Delegates 13th District, making her the first transgender candidate to win a Virginia state legislative primary and giving her a chance to be the first out transgender legislator in the country if she can beat one of the most anti-LGBT lawmakers anywhere, Republican Bob Marshall, in the upcoming general election. The district is centered on Prince William County in northern Virginia, not very far from Washington, D.C., Rome, a former journalist and editor, decided to enter politics to lead Virginia on issues of transportation, jobs, education, and equality. That sets up a stark contrast with her opponent, Marshall, who has proposed an amendment defining marriage in the state constitution as between one man and one woman. A federal judge, of course, later struck that down. Marshall then went about trying to get Attorney General Mark Herring impeached over his support for same-sex marriage. Marshall was also a proponent of legislation blocking transgender people from using the bathroom matching their gender identity in government-owned buildings. His anti-gay record also includes an attempt to give businesses the right to discriminate against homosexual behavior and blocking the nomination of a judge due to the fact that he was openly gay. We all know which side we fall on, don't we, kids? The election takes place this fall on November 7th. I find this next story unbelievable, and people wonder why LGBTs protest. There will be no jail time for a North Carolina man who admitted to chasing and assaulting two gay men during a late-night February incident in Key West, Florida. According to the Miami Herald, Brandon Ray Davis, a 30-year-old, admitted calling Kevin Paul Taylor and Kevin Seymour faggots and yelling, you're in Trump country now, on February 23rd on Duval Street in Key West as he smashed his scooter into Seymour's back bicycle tire. During the midnight encounter, Davis followed the men for five blocks, taunting them and at one point promising, if you call the cops, I will cut that faggot body up, all the while claiming he was a correctional officer. However, Judge Wayne Miller said the injuries suffered weren't enough to warrant a day in jail after the assistant state attorney asked for 60 days behind bars. Originally arrested for felony aggravated battery, Davis was allowed to plead guilty to a lesser charge receiving only four years probation, 75 hours of community service, and being banned from tasting alcohol for two years. At least a portion of the community service must be LGBTQ-related. In court, Davis turned towards the two men he had threatened four months earlier and offered to embrace them, saying, quote, 
My heart goes out to you guys, every bit of it. I'm asking you to come put your arms around me. Take my hand. The two men remained silent. I would too. Texas Governor Greg Abbott has signed into law House Bill 3859, which allows faith-based groups working with the Texas child welfare system to deny services, quote, under circumstances that conflict with the provider's sincerely held religious beliefs, end quote. In other words, they can turn away LGBTQ or non-Christians who may want to adopt or foster homeless children. Lambda Legal says the law is dangerous for young LGBTs, writing, Proponents say if an agency doesn't want to place a child in care, the child in question will be served by another agency. But say, for instance, you're a queer kid from Amarillo, Texas, in need of a home, and all the agencies in your area turn you away. Where do you go? To an agency in Dallas, nearly 400 miles and a six-hour drive away? Similarly, if you're a gay couple in Amarillo that wants to adopt or foster children and the local agency turns you away, are you expected to make that same 400-mile drive to Dallas? All in all, this is a bad law meant to accommodate the handful of haters in Texas. Boo on Governor Abbott and the state Republicans. And in related news, California Attorney General Javier Becerra announced this week that he is adding Texas, Alabama, South Dakota, and Kentucky, to the list of places where state employee travel is restricted, telling the Associated Press that taxpayers' money, quote, will not be used to let people travel to states who choose to discriminate. And that's how a leader leads. Service chiefs from each branch of the military have asked the Secretary of Defense to delay accepting transgender recruits for six more months. As many of you will recall, Last year, then-Defense Secretary Ash Carter announced that transgender people would be allowed to openly serve in the military. The policy change allowed transgender people to correct paperwork and access medical care on October 1, 2016. And each branch of the military was to come up with a plan for recruiting openly transgender people by July 1, 2017. But several weeks ago, word came from the Army and the Marine Corps that they were seeking a delay of up to two years. Now, the chiefs of each branch of the military have met with Deputy Defense Secretary Robert Work and have hammered out a deal to seek a six-month delay. According to defense officials, there are currently 250 people in the U.S. military who are known to be in the process of transitioning or who have gotten formal approval to correct their gender in the Pentagon's personnel system. We're getting there. Not as fast as we like, but we're getting there, folks. Also in federal government news, six members of the Presidential Advisory Council on HIV-AIDS have angrily resigned, saying that President Trump doesn't care about HIV. The group publicly announced their resignations in an op-ed published in Newsweek titled, Trump doesn't care about HIV, we're out of here. The group said the administration has no strategy to address HIV-AIDS, doesn't consult experts when working on policy, and, quote, pushes legislation that will harm people living with HIV and halt or reverse important gains made in the fight against this disease, end quote. They went on to say, as advocates for people living with HIV, we have dedicated our lives to combating this disease and no longer feel we can do so effectively within the confines of an advisory body to a president who simply does not care. The group noted that Trump took down the Office of National AIDS Policy website 
when he took office and hasn't appointed anyone to lead the White House Office of National AIDS Policy. They also said that the GOP's Obamacare repeal bill will dramatically hurt those with HIV-AIDS, making it the, quote, final straw for us, more like a two-by-four than a straw, in deciding to leave the council. The Advisory Council was created in 1995 and exists to provide advice, information, and recommendations regarding programs, policies, and research to promote effective treatment, prevention, and cure of HIV and AIDS. In pop culture news, Emmy Award-winning singer, actress, and host RuPaul is sashaying his way to the Hollywood Walk of Fame. Everyone's favorite drag queen will soon join gay American Horror Story and Glee producer Ryan Murphy as part of the iconic Who's Who of Entertainment. This year's newly announced stars include, among others, Mary J. Blige, Petula Clark, Linda Carter, Gina Lola Brigida, Hamilton creator Lin-Manuel Miranda, and the cartoon character Minnie Mouse. Honorees are selected by the Hollywood Chamber of Commerce's Walk of Fame Selection Committee. It's not well known, but celebrities chosen for the honor have two years to schedule their star ceremonies or they expire. Additionally, a sponsor is needed for each star as the cost for installation is $40,000. The Hollywood Walk of Fame is one of the top tourist attractions in Los Angeles. And speaking of RuPaul, the winner of this season's RuPaul's Drag Race was crowned this week. Peppermint, Sasha Velour, Shea Coulee, and Trinity Taylor made it to the final four. In the end, it was a lip-sync battle royal between Sasha and Peppermint to Whitney Houston's It's Not Right, But It's Okay, and it was Sasha who was crowned the winner of season nine. This season saw the show move from Logo to VH1 and landed the series its highest ratings yet. Congratulations on a great season, queens! And finally, this year's edition of Broadway Bears, titled Strip You, produced by and benefiting Broadway Cares Equity Fights AIDS, raised $1,568,114 in one night at New York City's Hammerstein Ballroom. The production was directed by Nick Kinkle and supervised by creator and Tony Award winner Jerry Mitchell. With the college theme, the annual charity event features the hottest dancers on Broadway strutting their almost naked stuff before an audience of thousands. Ten complex production numbers took the crowd back to campus with stripped-down collegians who offered a sexy lacrosse scrimmage, Pavlovian psychology experiment, pumped-up pep rallies, and a fierce feminist studies class. The show stripped away the fears of freshmen and saluted seniors as a journey across the Strip U campus offered sexy takes on a seductive observatory, exploding chemistry lab, steamy fine arts class, a frat party turned Greek god fantasy, a lesson in stiletto strutting, and on a trip to Cuba for a sizzling semester studying abroad. As many readers of The Randy Report know, Broadway Cares Equity Fights AIDS has been my charity of choice since its founding in the 1980s and remains one of the nation's leading industry-based nonprofit AIDS fundraising and grant-making organizations. Thanks to the talents, resources, and generosity of the American theater community since 1988, Broadway Cares Equity Fights AIDS had raised more than $285 million for essential services for people with AIDS and other critical illnesses across the United States. And that brings me to the end of this episode of The Randy Report. 
If you enjoyed the podcast, make sure you click the subscribe button on my page on iTunes, and then every time I upload a new episode, it'll be sent straight to you automatically. And remember you can find me every single day on the internet at therandyreport.com, where I report on the daily news cycle regarding politics, pop culture, and entertainment news of interest to the LGBTQ community. Thanks for listening, folks. See you next time.